You're listening to the Terrible Outdoorsman. This is Keith Stan from Pike Spearing Outdoors, and you're listening to the Terrible Outdoorsman podcast. We're probably going to mess up. We're going to cuss here and there. If I'm not catching anything, I might as well not be catching a muskie. Hey, Rick. We got weights and fish. Danny Irving with Fishing Complete. You're listening to the Terrible Outdoorsman podcast. Mr. Green Jeans. That's a humble bumble. Hi, this is Spencer Berman from Spencer's Angling Adventures, and you're listening to the Terrible Outdoorsman podcast. Snort. Welcome to the Terrible Outdoorsman Podcast. This is, uh, for the first time, your host, Bob Collin, Bob-tastic. All right, I'm at, uh, I'm at my house right now, and I am recording uh, for our annual Christmas party. So I wanted to bring everybody around. I wanted to get some terrible, terrible stories, because I, every single Christmas, I'm sitting around, and I'm listening to, uh, I've got, I've got my, uh, my, I guess I, I guess it'd be a cousin-in-law. I've got uncles and aunts, and I'm getting all these stories bombarded at me all the time, like the, you know about all their hunting and fishing stories. I was like, you know what? I'm going to bring them on this year. So here we are. Uh, we're kind of live. We're going to go with this kind of. It's going to be like kind of a natural flow when we go with this. So it's going to be kind of people coming and going. I'm going to pause here and there. I'm going to try to bring as many people as I can because I know that there's lots of stories out there. I'm super excited to hear them. So. Uh, sitting at the table with me right now, I've got a couple of, uh, I picked, uh, I picked the first, uh, I, I, I picked my top string right off the bat because these are the guys I've heard the most stories from. Uh, so who do I got? Who do I got here in front of me? Mike Odell. Mike Odell. All right. Uncle Mike is sitting with us who, and, and the one, the only <laughs> Sean, Sean, Sean Naparowski. And on the in, in chair number four, we got Danny Milam. We got Danny Milam. Danny, Danny's got some stories from hell. Um, so again, we're all just here to, and we're here for a Christmas party. So everybody just ate. We got a, a beer full, uh, or a belly full of beer, and a, and all kinds of a good eats. So um, just kind of everybody getting that Christmas cheer on, but we wanted to sit down and maybe talk a little bit of hunting and fishing because that's kind of the way the conversations go. Am I, am I right? Every, every year we get together and we sit there and talk about, <clears throat> Hey, what'd you shoot this year? What'd you shoot? Like the first thing you asked me when you walked through the fucking door was like, Hey, did you kill anything this year? <laughs> You're like, I've heard a lot of bullshit, but I ain't heard, I ain't seen nothing hit the floor. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I haven't killed anything. So, so, uh, Anyway, so we got Sean. I know Sean killed a nice buck this year. I got I got plenty of pictures. I think I reposted that through my own personal Facebook. I think it, on the Terrible Outdoorsman yeah, podcast yeah. we we uh, we sent that. So so what's up, man? Like you killed a deer? How'd that go? Uh, it's actually pretty crazy. Um, let's see. Well, normally I go out hunt right next door to my house. So went out there early in the morning and. You know, normally I'll see bucks come out, you know, on cam, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Nothing really during the day because it is an open field. It's running by the farm fields and whatnot. But now I'm taking a leak in the corner of my blind. <laughs> Not paying attention whatsoever. I look out of the corner of my eye and right in the middle of my field. My field's about four acres. And right in the middle of it, I see a buck. So I hurry up, pinched it off. <laughs> Grab the crossbow, and uh, you know, he just wouldn't give me. You know, didn't have a really good shot or whatnot, and uh, 
and I'm shooting at him and end up cutting his throat with the with the arrow. So it was pretty unique. My first buck after I don't know, forty three, forty two. That was your first. So your first buck. That uh, that that was the thing that that kind of blew me away. Is when I saw it on the podcast, I was like, or not on the podcast, but when I saw you post it online, I think you tagged me on it too. Yeah, yeah. And you were like, first buck ever, and I was like, what? Dude, we've been talking about deer hunting for. Fuck, well, fuck, I've known you for 20 years. Our yeah. wives have been married. We've been married to our wives for close to 20 years. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way that, that, that that's his first buck. But it, that, So that, that's an awesome story. That's yeah. amazing. Well, for I mean, first deer. I shoot plenty of does. I mean, anywhere, I mean, I see lots of does every year. Shoot maybe one or two of them. But I don't know. It's just lucky. So... <clears throat> So when I saw the picture at first, and if you go back, if, if if you're a listener and you're and you're going back, go back on the Terrible Outdoorsman page and probably somewhere. When when did you shoot that? October? Or did you shot with the bow or November? Early November. It was I think it was early November. It was during uh, archery. Yeah, yeah. So probably that first week in November. Go, go back and look at our page, and you'll see I reposted it at some point. Maybe I think I posted a little bit later. Actually, maybe a week or two later. It was. Either way, you'll you'll see a guy named Sean. He's real ugly, dude. <laughs> Ugliest guy you've ever seen. You know, super small. Anyway, but like you'll you'll see this guy, and uh, he's got a real wide set, real wide set eight, right? Yeah. Real wide set eight point. Um, kind of shorter tines on it, which which made me believe that this deer was much older. That it really kind of came off of at first, like heavy beams on the deer. And it had a real wide set rack on it, real long snout on it too, kind of gray in the face. Like I'm like, this deer is old as hell, man. I'm like, you shot, you shot grandpa deer right yeah, there. But but it's really typical for that area. Uh, when I took it in just down the road, one of the farmers, you know, got to set up where he processes everything and whatnot. You go back there in the freezer and you look and you see nothing but, you know, nice big eights, tens, and you know maybe a, a sixteen or whatever here and there but i mean it's a nice area for hunting period yeah yeah bob i think though um he asked us some recognition to an assist he had that so <laughs> so here's the story so, so, okay let's, let's hear the story i called mike this. up because i think you started to tell me the part of the story yeah, because like, like the what like a week prior i fractured my collarbone right at the shoulder Playing flag football with my, uh-huh. my youngest football team, so I had to call Mike to help me to come over because I can't pick it up and you know I can't do really this motion or you know like gutting a deer or whatever. So while I'm waiting for Mike to come, another eight point comes walking out right in front of my house and it's my field, and it's just walking out there, and I'm like, geez. My oldest goes, Dad, look. I'm like, motherfucker. Didn't have my crossbow with, didn't have anything with me. And uh, as soon as he left, I actually made up run back to the blind. No grabbed the crossbow in case something else came walking out. But I could have I doubled up right there. Oh, man. So that, that first week in November, any given Sunday, you know what I'm saying? Like, you'll see the weirdest shit you've ever seen. And when it comes to deer behavior, like... When it comes to deer behavior, that's the weirdest, like weirdest time of year because, like, you'll see bucks do things that you've never seen them do before. You'll see them, you know, you'll you'll have a deer dead on the. I've I've shot does before where bucks will come up and trail that doe that I just shot, 
you know, and be sitting there sniffing the carcass of the doe that you shot. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, it's just weird. But you'll just like, you know, like you see stuff like that. That's that's cool that you had like an experience like that. But is there more? To, is there more to that story? This sounds like there's well, more. What I want to know though is, how many deer has his father-in-law helped cut out? For him, that's what I want to know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I well, that has to probably be the let's see. When I got out of the military, and <laughs> it's got to be about the tenth, twelfth year. I want to say it's probably a good four. I know when uh, Caden shot his first buck, Mike came over. I mean, not his first buck, his first uh, deer. Um, Mike came over, and I should say it was more of a small dog than a deer. Um, when Caden shot his, yeah. it was a button buck or something. It was no, small, small no, no, deer, no, no. small it doe. Was, it was a doe. It was right at the, it was right Yearling. at and the light. It was, it was probably a, no, it was a first year. I mean, you, I, I have no had, problem. I have no yeah. problem with a with a young kid mm-hmm. like like killing a young doe or a yeah. or a well, young buck at when all. He I have no shot problem with him, that. Um, it was still just a little bit of light. We we're getting ready to pack up, and it came walking out and. I mean, it looked like <laughs> they always do. It looked like a monster, <laughs> right? Because uh, it was a pretty decent far shot for him, and uh, you know, when he shot it, and we finally found it and with the flashlights, I'm like, ooh, I can barely see the spots. <laughs> it was there. The spots are a little faint on it. I will say this: yeah, that probably was the most tasting. Oh, that deer was delicious. Yeah, I've, it's. It's probably the best taste. We've ever. all done it, right? We, we all did it at young ages when we came into hunting and stuff like that. Like the, the, the young ones, the young button box, the young does, they, they, they come into anything and they're, they're dumb. You know, they don't pay attention to anything. They're just kind of like, hey, what's up? Oh, my God. Back in the day when we used to be able to bait, oh, my God, man, you'd see 20 of them a day. Oh, yeah. Because they would just come in. They'd continually come in and eat all day. And it's I, like, as a kid, you're like, I'm going to take them out, you know? Well, I put in a food pot this year. It was my first time doing it. So uh, that kept them, the, you know, the does and butt bucks coming in. You need to go back and listen to our big time uh, or our episode with big time. I heard it. Yeah, I, it, that, that guy, man, yeah. he's super good, and that's a that's a great uh, mix to use for your food yeah, plots so and stuff like that. I'm extending it this year, so I'll be. I just did a test run. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, it got it got demolished. So I'll be doing a lot bigger this year because um, normally, you know. I'd come home on leave. We'd stay at Mike's house and, you know, us and the kids. And I always wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning to go out there and sit and hunt. Yeah. Because, you know, they come moving in first thing in the morning when you could bait and whack them, one and done. Well, you know, past couple of years, I'd do the same thing. And this was the first time I saw a buck coming through just because I decided to stay out later. You know, but that rut, I mean, it definitely moved in pretty quick because after that you really didn't see anything else yeah. after. No, I, th- I want to say it was maybe about a week and a half in where I'm at and everything okay. settled down. Alright, so I'm uh, I'm excited to talk to to Mike. Oh, Uncle, father, Mike. Father, Uncle Mike. Uncle Mike. <laughs> Uncle Mike yeah. from Wisconsin. Yeah, originally from Wisconsin. Originally from Wisconsin. So tell us a little bit about yourself, about growing up hunting and fishing. What... Uh, yeah. Who are you? What do you know? Hmm. What's your expertise? Like, <laughs> spill the beans, brother. I don't know. I uh, grew up in southern Wisconsin, southeastern Wisconsin, and uh, did a lot of hunting and fishing with my best buddy at that time, Jack Jack Thalen. 
and uh, we at school for back in the day. So in your vehicle, you had your shotgun in the back in the trunk. You had your bow in the trunk. You had your twenty-two in the trunk, and your binder twine, and your flashlights. And so you you'd go out pheasant hunting after school, or at night you'd be at a party and get kind of bored with it. So you'd go out coon hunting, you know, and walk the field by the creeks with the flashlights and the twenty-two and and a shotgun in case you missed, <laughs> you know, and uh, so that type of thing. But then I, uh, I grew up hunting and fishing in northern Wisconsin, um, south of Iron Mountain, that type of thing. But so the story I wanted, I wanted really two stories to you. Both have to do with Jack. So I asked, I asked Mike ahead of time, and I said, I said, I want, I want you to dig me up out of your repertoire i want to i want to only hear a terrible story i know you've got one at least one and uh, he's like oh man do yeah. i well, ever there's, there's a lot of them but <laughs> jack actually remembers everything my buddy there did but there's two of them i guess so i was over here was over here in michigan and uh did a lot of perch fishing and then walleye fishing in lake erie but this was for perch fishing jack worked construction he worked you know, five days a week, and he wanted to come over and perch fish with me one fall. So he comes over after work on a Friday night. So we're going out fishing on Saturday, which I don't like fishing on weekends, right? Especially now I'm retired, so you can just go out during the week and avoid the crowds. But so at any rate, Jack comes over, and we're headed down to uh, Monroe to Lake Erie to go perch fishing, and we tell him, you know, we're going on a Saturday. We're going to see some weird shit, you know. A lot of weird stuff right at the launch and everything's going on. And uh, so, yeah, 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 we're talking, talking smart. So I get down there and uh, launch the boat. And uh, shortly after we put it in the water, realized I forgot to put the plug in. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's, it's taken on water. And Jack hops in back there and he couldn't get the, uh, he couldn't get the plug in. It was too tight. Couldn't get the plug in. So he's sitting in the lake like holding a, a finger in the duck, right, in the, in the hole. He's got his hand against the against it so it doesn't uh, try and stop the water. And I get out of the boat, go up and get the truck with the trailer, back it in, load the boat on the trailer, pull it up out of the water, drain all the water out, put the plug back in, and then we go fishing. <laughs> so all this talk about we're going to see some shit, it's me. It's us. You know? It's you. <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, man, this weekend is going to be full of Googans. I don't know if there's when any you, time when, you you're, go. when you wind up being yeah, Googan. Yeah, yeah. We were the entertainment, you know. <laughs> so whenever you go do something, there's always something that goes wrong. So same guy, though, same situation, uh, getting wet when we were fishing. We were up in northern Wisconsin, and... We were just bluegill fishing on a real small lake, and at this time, he had his canoe, so we're in the canoe, and we're out there fishing. Not a big lake, but we're in the, in the middle of the lake, and we're fishing, and he has a basket on the side to put the fish in, you know, and so it was shortly, no, we were fishing for a while, and he had a fish, and he's going to put it in the basket, but you know, the basket, the lid won't open up quite right, and so he's fussing with that, and so I lean over to help, but... Then we're both leaning on the same side of the canoe, right? So the canoe flips over, we're in, right? And you're so you're flipped over. You get the canoe flipped back over, but it's full of water. And so you're trying to put your gear that's floating back in there. And uh, we both had two rods and reels. Uh, we each lost one. And the one he lost, of course, was his favorite one. And he talked about it forever. That you know. Anyway, so we're in the water. Uh, put on, you know, didn't have your life preservers on, but we put it on, 
And then we had to swim or, you know, swim with the canoe over to the shore, found a dock, threw our stuff on the dock, pulled out the canoe, dumped out the water, threw the shit back in the canoe and went back fishing. But we only each had one rod and reel apiece. How, how old were you when that happened? <laughs> it, was, it was not a long time ago. He's like Oh, I'm sure. So I'm 63 now. So, yeah, probably about that. For, for real? Yeah. Oh, damn. I, didn't yeah, yeah. I, I was making a joke. No, you, don't, a, no. you, don't have to, you don't have to be young to be stupid. <laughs> that is, that is true. 100% true. It's easier when you get older. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's easier to be stupid so, when you get older. So you used to do a lot of like out west. Uh, every year you guys, I remember you used to tell me about uh, elk hunting. You guys would be yeah. out in Colorado and stuff well, like that. Well, my buddy Jack, his brother, would fish every year or hunt every year out in Colorado. Um, Jack and I and his brother Tweets, his nickname, whatever, we f- we hunted in Montana the first time I hunted. And uh, I had bid on a, at a Pheasants Forever, I had bid on a hunt or a cabin type stuff. And uh, so I, I got that and uh, we went to Montana. Um, didn't do really well. I don't know if I had any really bad stories on the elk hunting, because <laughs> uh, I went to Colorado with him. He went to Colorado all the time. So we went there. I can only tell you this. It's not really a bad story or anything, but I had given him a, a buck knife a long time ago. A Miller buck knife, you know, because I worked for Miller, so gave yeah, him yeah, a free yeah. knife. <laughs> yeah. he, uh, he used that buck knife all the time, and it's just, what, a four-inch blade, maybe, type yeah. thing? He field dressed and skinned I think he said probably six or eight elk with that one buck knife. Oh, Damn. Wow. Yeah. Still has it. So. There's something to be said about that. One old, thing about the, that the old Colorado guy. thing though, what the way they did it, uh, no guides or anything, hunting on public land and you know, you work your way up to the top of the mountain and uh, we quarter them out, pack them back out and uh, so it's a lot of work. It's more work getting them out, that's for sure. So I, I remember... When you, when you come down, you know, think that, okay, you're on top of the mountain, you're on top of the hill, right? And you get yeah. a deer, get an elk, and you quarter out. Well, you're going downhill, but you go back up. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you go uphill more than you go downhill, going downhill, because you're definitely going up, and it's a tough job. I, re- I remember you telling me at a certain point, like you went out for an elk hunt out in Colorado, public public land elk hunt and or it was Colorado, I think it was Colorado, maybe yeah, Montana, but Colorado. you went out and you guys you guys were successful that year. You guys killed an elk. Mm-hmm. But like this was like later, right? So this was maybe only just a couple a few years ago. Probably one of the last times I saw you. One of the last times that I think that you maybe went out there on that trip. I okay. But you were like at a certain point you were like it's it's just too much work. <laughs> oh yeah, just, it is. you're like yeah, like without quads and all the yeah. other stuff, and like trying yeah. to pack them out. Like I'm just, it's just, a, it's a young man's game, and it's it like. Uh, so my brother it's and really I, it's really rewarding. It's rewarding, I, but I it's, bet. it is really a lot of work. My brother and I, have, my brother and I have talked about it for years about going wanting to go and do a you know a, a pack in type trip and. And, you know, even public land in, in Montana, Colorado, Wyoming, wherever it might be, for elk, yeah. mule deer, whatever it might be. But, like, I don't think we really understand what that means, right? It all looks cool. It all sounds cool. But, like, when you actually get boots on the ground and you start humping up and down those mountains, like, oh, yeah. that stuff will kick your ass. Especially, you know, as flatlanders coming from here from Michigan, you get out there out west and you're out in you know 10,000 foot elevation and then you're hunting deer or you're hunting an elk and on, on top of that 
packing it up and down, up and down those hills. It, it, it sounds to me like it would be an absolute nightmare. It's always like about an hour and a half, I would say, to get up, you know, from the bottom of the mountain to get up to where you're going to hunt. And you work your way up, and it's a lot of work. Then once you get up there, though, you hunt just, you stay horizontally, and you just work along the side of the mountain, and you probably work your way up to the tree line, but then that's it type stuff, but you're just horizontal all the time, and you stay that way, and by the end of the day, you work your way back down the mountain, and you're back down. So, I dragged that yeah. buck from the edge of my property to my truck, which was maybe 20 feet, and that kicked my ass. <laughs> hey, but you know what? To, to talk about his story yeah. about the plug being in, so I have his old boat now. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a nice boat. So we it works. <laughs> we we took it out, and he goes. Uh, I caught a nice pike off that boat. Did you put the plug in? The, <laughs> the plug was in. Yeah, the, the plug was in. It was he, in Cadillac. Yeah, and Lake he, Cadillac. And he goes, "Hey, oh. by the way, that plug is very hard to get in, and it really is. <laughs> I mean, you, you have know. to put some, and you can't even get the plug in all the way in, but it still stays. <laughs> Stop <laughs> justifying but, his failure. It, it the, key is, uh, the key is you're supposed to lick it first. So <laughs> I, I actually have a, I have an awesome picture. I have an awesome picture of me holding a pike on your boat." And it's, it's a 24-inch northern, you know, no, nothing spectacular. But I'm sitting there holding the boat or holding this, the picture of this northern, and in the background is the DNR coming up behind us, cruising <laughs> up behind us. And they came up and they checked our tags and stuff like that. I was like, you a-holes. But, yeah. That's crazy because we'll be out there in Lake Cadillac. I remember going out there and you came out there with us. We're all fishing for, you know, walleye or perch or crappie, and he's out there casting towards the side for for like pike and stuff. Who, me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's me. Like, yo, y'all can be jigging for, or, or fishing yeah. with bobbers all day. I'm going to be, I'm going to be casting for pike. I know there's pike in this lake. I'm going to hit them. That is to me. I'm, I'm a predator kind of dude. Like, I can't get it out of me. I, will I, I can be on the Detroit River, right? Jigging for walleyes <laughs> on the Detroit River, right? This is the only thing happening right then is a walleye run. And I'm looking up into these shallows and I'm like, I can... I can I can definitely get a spinnerbait up in there, and I could I could definitely you know what I I bet you there's musky laying right on this edge right here, and I'm thinking I'm a I'm just that predator guy like I love big toothy fish man that's just my style, like and, and uh, uh, the same with walleye though like if I can go out and I can target a ten pound walleye I'm all about it, big ass walleye all about hey. it but like to catch eaters I'm not a, I'm not like I like to eat fish. I'm telling you. We all you, do, but it, that's not my bag. I you, love to catch. I love to. I'm a trophy hunter. If you man. want to go out in a big day water in, day out. and you want to walleye fish and perch fish, I've yet to go out either on Saginaw Bay or Erie. This with, guy with Mike and not catch walleye and perch. Since he's retired, he's become yep. the walleye whisperer. Yep. That's what we're gonna call you. We're gonna call you I, the I walleye mean, whisperer. I've been out <laughs> walleye fishing and perch. Walleye fishing twice. Uh, and then perch fishing once, and then salmon fishing out on uh, Lake Michigan. And I mean, every single time, I mean, we were on fish. I mean, for a while, you know, you're just sitting there waiting for something to bite, but then we just come across them and just, just whack. Here's them. a good story. I, uh, I always wanted to learn more about walleye fishing, and I'd try and fish it up the Cadillac or whatever. and I'd bump into one once in a while, but I never really could. And the word was always about Lake Erie and things like that. Yeah. And so when uh, 
right before I retired, I think it was, I decided we were going to try and do some walleye fishing. So the old boat, mm-hmm. I, uh, I got a couple, some rod holders and things like that. <laughs> and Justin and I, my oldest son, we were going to go down and try walleye fishing. And I got some planer boards and stuff, and so I was going to try and figure it out and do it. So I met him at the park and ride on US 23 and M36. I met him there, but he wasn't there. So I pulled in with my boat, and there had to be another guy there with a boat. And so I just pulled in behind him. As soon as I pulled in behind him, he jumps out of his truck, comes back, and starts talking to me. Uh, guy named is Larry Coleman. <laughs> you still uh, remember he, his name. Well, I fish with him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? So you meet a dude is, at a park so and ride. He comes out. He's just one little, he, he's an awesome guy. He, he'll, talk, he'll tell you everything that you want to l- learn or learn about or listen to. Anything about fishing, what he's doing, how to do it. So he asked where I was going. I said, "Well, my son and I are going to go down and do some walleye fishing down Lake Erie." He said, "That's where I'm going. You can follow me." You know. But so he and he he brings out his crawler harnesses and he gives me he shows me his crawler harnesses that he makes and he gives me one to use. And uh, so Justin shows up and I didn't follow him down, but we enter the same bait store store down there in Monroe and. Uh, he had given me his number, I think it was. Don't have a great memory. But anyway, we go out fishing. He told me, just go 110 degrees. Just go 110 degrees and go out this far, uh, 26 feet or whatever it was, and start there. He took off a little bit different. But uh, I think he called and checked with me on it. Well, I know we did talk about it. Uh, so uh, the, day, the way it worked is Justin and I didn't catch any fish. Well, we didn't think we did. Until we reeled in our lines when we were done fishing, and we had two on, but we, we didn't know. It. We didn't know we had a fish on. You're just dragging you know, fish around. Know, all yeah, we just drag around. You know, drowned them, drowned them, pulled them. Hey, so, but then eaters. Larry talks to me afterwards, and he says, "You know, you should, you should probably just hop on my boat sometime and go fishing with me, and I'll show you what I do." Well, I did. I and that would have been what three years ago, four years ago. I fished with Larry this week. Up on Saginaw Bay. No shit. Yeah, I fish with him. He's a, a great guy, and uh, that's awesome. So that, he taught me. Crazy. You he taught me everything you, about it. Yeah, with uh, crawler right. harnesses and with bandits and flicker sheds up on Saginaw Bay, and uh, yeah, it's he's an awesome guy and taught me a lot. And we go out and yeah. catch limits of walleye. So we talk we talk a lot about Saginaw Bay on the on the podcast. One of our uh, one of the main guys of the podcast is, uh, we call him Captain JG, Captain uh, Jason Gasto. He's a uh, DNR fish biologist and works for, uh, or he obviously works for Michigan DNR, but his his primary area is Saginaw Bay. So he very much knows the fish migration patterns and things mm-hmm. like that. He's, he's totally in tune with, like, that's what he does for a living. And um, uh, we're constantly picking his brain, but we never fish that area. We're always fishing Detroit River or Lake Erie or whatever it might be, or St. Clair, that kind of stuff. We don't really target walleye <laughs> enough because, again, I'm a predator fisherman. My brother's he's geared the same way I am. But we very much I want to get into that realm. So, like, I, 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 think, I think we need to, this spring, maybe we need to, like, link up and... Yeah, I'll give you Larry's phone number. No, no, I'm going going with you, Mike. You're going to show me the road. Right now is a perfect time, too, before it freezes over. That's true. We got got a little bit of time left before uh, we get that first ice. So, all right. So, a voice that we've yet to hear is uh, is Danny. What's going on, brother? All right. Well, I don't know. Who are you? 
<laughs> oh, I'm your brother-in-law, married to your wife's sister. But um, brother from another hey, mother. He sounds really enthused. <laughs> you know, so not so much hunting and fishing. Uh, more of a blue-collar story, which I figure probably go hand in hand with the two. Yeah. But yeah. I do a lot of roofing on the side during the season and everything. So we get this weekend job up Grayling area. Me. Good buddy of mine I grew up with, his old man, and just a helper hand that we pull on side jobs and everything, right? So, all right, we got to drive up there a few hours in the truck. Just going to drink, smoke dope the whole way up there, right? <laughs> where, where were you guys going? It was, I want to say, maybe 20, 30 miles west of Grayling. Okay, it was just okay. right up there. There was a guy who worked with him up there to uh, Ann Arbor Roofing. And he yeah. wanted his house and pole barn and everything done. So anyways, we're driving up there, right? Four of us in the truck, sitting shotgun. Nobody else wanted to sit up front while my buddy was driving. Again, just drinking the whole time. So we get up there. <laughs> this is like a great work trip. And, oh, yeah, it was great. It was supposed to be a weekend. So we leave like Friday afternoon to get up there Friday night, wake up first thing Saturday morning, blow out the tear off, get everything started, call it a day after 14 hours, wake up Sunday, finish it off, head home. So we get up there. My buddy's parents, before they had their cabin, had an RV parked at Lakes of the North. Not real familiar with a lot of the stuff up there, but I think that's about what it was called. So we'll go stay there. No hotel, no spending extra money, whatever. We're going to hang out here, and that's where we're going to park ass every night after we get done working. Perfect. Again, few-hour drive. You ever been up that way? Drinking the whole time. <laughs> get there, and we get all settled and everything, and inside of their uh, RV there, up in the front room, we had TVs and a couple of beds and everything, had a little recliner. Just being hammered, I just want to sit down for a minute. Sat down, and swear I closed my eyes for about 30 seconds. Now, about Ooh. 10 minutes, woke up, buddy and his dad shaking me like, you all right? Yeah, what the hell's going on? Who pissed my pants? Like I'm sitting there, I just completely let go in their chair. Huh. So I'm sitting there, you know, I only took clothes for a couple of days, you know. We we're only gonna be up there working and sleeping. Go in the bathroom, change out everything, come out, be like, really pissing your chair, didn't I? He's like, It sure looks like it, bud. <laughs> All right, well, let's get some towels up, we'll clean this up and went about our day and put in fourteen hours the next day and <laughs> I'm gonna break this one down a little bit. So you got so fucked up that you just pissed your pants in the yeah, chair. Yeah, just, just sat down. Damn. I closed my eyes for what felt like thirty seconds, but apparently I was I passed I passed the fuck out. For I'm, like I'm not minutes. gonna I'm not gonna say that I've never been there. <laughs> I'm not gonna say I've never oh, been, been there. there more than once. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never been there. Really? So I got nobody's pissed. No, no, I'm calling bullshit. I'm calling bullshit. No one, Sean Naparowski, (laughs) hasn't pissed his pants. No, no, I got a better one for you though. (laughs) All right, all right, right. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna round this out with uh, with with Sean's story, and I kind of saved him to the last. I introduced him. I may have introduced him first, but I want to save one of his story. I don't even know what the fuck his story is, but I want to hear it because I know that Sean is all right. If you're not following, if, if you're following, if you're following the terrible outdoorsman and you are into the most ruthless shit you've ever heard on Facebook or Instagram, you need to, you need to follow Moose. 
I don't even know. It's, it's just, Moose something. No, it's just under my name. Just, yeah, so follow yeah. Sean Naparelski on. Mm-hmm. Just just hit him up on Facebook. Find him. You'll it, you'll see he likes our shit sometimes. Yeah. But like follow his shit. And I swear to God, you will find more memes <laughs> to be able to send to your coworkers and offend the shit out of them than anybody you'll ever meet. Oh. But anyway, I want to hear a good ass story. So what do you got? I want to hear your best story. Oh, man, I'll I'm going to keep you on. I'm going to keep you on. We're going to pause after this because I'm going to bring some new people on. But I w- I'm going to keep you on for a little bit because I, I know you got more than one story. Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. you are you are like 10, well, 10 pounds of shenanigans will, right here. I'll give you a, I'll let you pick. What do you got? I got a... I'm not even going to pick. You just let it rip, Tim. I got, a, rip, I got, a, I got n- naked in Iraq during mortars. Or I have uh, the toothbrush incident. <laughs> toothbrush. Let's go toothbrush and say we'll come back uh, to naked so in Iraq with we mortars. Are, uh, we're down in Key West and we're doing a detachment down there and working. 12 this is on, when you're in the Navy. Yeah, correct. working twelve on, twelve off. So, I mean, well, twenty-four on, twenty-four off. So it just so happened that I was on the twenty-four on. So I'm at work and then you know you work the two, three. Four o'clock in the morning, have to come right back at about seven o'clock. Well, I come home. Well, I wake up the next morning, get ready to go to work, and my roommate vomited all over my uniform. Well, Key West got hammered. <laughs> so I go to work. Everyone's asking questions why I'm in this ugly utility uniform. And, I tell them, <laughs> and they all laugh at me, right? So I'm pissed. So after. I mean, it's like 100 and something degrees outside, launching aircrafts all day long and whatnot. So after sweating, taking a couple dumps, get off work, go home, back to the barracks. Look over, see his toothbrush. So uh, I clean the old sack and asshole with, with this toothbrush, and I put it right back up on the sink. Next day, came to work and told everyone about it. I even had the master chief have me tell this story right at the maintenance meeting. And why everyone else like there's no way there's no there's no way you do that. He's like, oh yeah, he did it. <laughs> God damn you, nasty ass. All right, all right. Well, th- uh, thanks, Uncle Mike, for coming on. I we appreciate your stories. I want to have you on again because I think there's more. I, th- I think there's more. I think you got. I think you got some stuff. He has. You got a lot, lot of knowledge of, to impart, uh, both on the walleye side. So I think I, I think it'd be interesting to have you on an individual episode, just to come in and talk maybe spring walleyes, maybe talk about maybe some fall walleyes because I know that's that's your thing. You love walleye, so I think that like at some point I'd love to have you back on, and maybe just 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 to talk about uh, fishing in general. Sean, I'm gonna have you back on because we're gonna get to be continued with your ass because like you know, like it's 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 a never ending story with you, Danny. Thanks for your story, brother. It was a good one. Like <laughs> yeah. pissing yourself. I trust me. We've all been there. But anyway, all right. So we're gonna pause for a minute. I think uh, I think they're getting ready to do presents or something. So yeah. the, we gotta take a we gotta take a break here. We'll, we'll be right back. All right, motherfuckers, we're back. All right, here we are. Back like a. Back like a vertebrae. Here we go, uh, Bobtastic. And uh, we're here again on Christmas Eve. And I got a few different people here to talk. I still got Sean. I got to come up with a good fucking nickname for you because you're so ridiculous that I have to come up with something. Moose is your tag on, I think, Instagram. Yep. yep, yep. I'm going to come up with, like, Moose Knuckle. Or, I think we're going to call you Moose Knuckle. So, I, I like Moose Knuckle. Funny st- so uh, I am uh, really good friends with... Uh, um, the 
what do they call it? The deputy chief for Howell. Okay. And uh, Wait, law enforcement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, his daughter. That's surprising. His daughters call me shit show Sean. <laughs> shit show Sean. Oh, we're gonna just call show. you shit show. Shit I like shit. Show. I like shit show. I think it fits you perfectly. Yeah. That is probably one of the best descriptions yeah. of like, him oh, there's that shit I have show Sean been again. able to think of since I met him in high school. So <laughs> all right. So I, I have a couple other guests on the show right now, and I, I was gonna say first and foremost, like I, I think Justin has. An outstanding podcast voice. I just heard him for the first time on the podcast, and uh, just him saying something, I was like, I was like, damn. I I have a face for radio. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay, okay. Well, we'll leave it at that. But uh, who else we got? We got so we got Justin. We got Justin, which is uh, uh, my wife's cousin. Yep, Justin O'Dell, my brother-in-law. All right, brother-in-law. So we got Sean Naparowski. We got Justin O'Dell. Who else we got? Yeah, my name's Tom. We got Tom. We got Tom. Yeah. First name Ross, but he goes by Tom. Last name Builderback. He's the uh, the man, the myth, the legend. Um, my father-in-law. Yeah, and uh, he's always got some good stories about this, that, or the other. He's a veteran, and uh, you know, I, I, I was like, I was like, hey, get your ass down here. You're going on the podcast. <laughs> he, he, yeah. gave, he gave me the middle finger, well, and I grabbed his middle finger and drug his ass down here. So, well, back in the day when I uh, years ago when I hunted, I wasn't real hunter i was just hanging out with the guys because we got to shoot guns right so um one day uh we went hunting over here in hamburg on my uncle's land oh shit and uh we 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 didn't see anything man so we we said i'll we'll all get together and go back to the camp right and uh, hang out have a beer get something to eat then uh we're all bullshitting and we uh, heard some dogs barking out in the woods. I said, wow, what the fuck's going on over there? So we we went to go check it out, and uh, we went probably about 30, 40 yards into the woods, and there was these two dogs barking at this 11-point buck. Yeah. It was lame, right? So I, obviously someone hit it. In the leg, and they couldn't move. So, but the dogs was just barking at it. I said, "Holy shit!" And at the time, <laughs> we had our rifles, stupid us, back in the camp. So I just did a one eighty hauled ass. I mean, hauled ass. Try to get my rifle because I want to kill this on a bitch, right? <laughs> but my buddy Tommy, he beat me to it, and we were both running, trying to load our weapons here and. All of a sudden, boom, he shoots it. And uh, to this day, he's still got that buck. <laughs> he's and, got uh, it hanging on the wall. Yeah, but he, he did put all our names on that plat, right? You know, because we all dragged it out of there. And and that's why you carry a knife with you. Well, yeah. Well, oh, what a mess, man. <laughs> I mean, so, th- so some of those like stories like that, you can't like you can't make them up. It was, it was They're old school. They don't happen like that anymore. <laughs> nope. You know what I'm saying? I, I guess they do to to a certain extent. Like I mean, I, I I've I've been hunting and fishing uh, for decades now, and like I I've got some similar stories that are that are pretty close to that. I mean, I, shit, back in the day when I was a kid, I can't I can't tell you like some of the, like I couldn't make up some of these stories, but and and I've told them on this podcast over the years. But it's like 
that's wild. And yeah, <laughs> it was fun. crazy. Like it you was did, fun. You didn't get to you didn't get to kill that deer. Your buddy did. And he yep, claimed it. Yep. And he probably still has it hanging on the wall. Oh somewhere. yeah, Tommy. He so still has cool. it hanging on his wall. And haven't seen him in years, but I heard that he still has it. And, okay. You know, awesome. It was cool. It was cool. All right. Yeah. So, the, yeah, the whole purpose of this podcast is get it, you know, kind of get in touch with the outdoor audience and try to figure out, like, you know, tell us some of your some of your ins and outs, some of the some of the good and the bad and the ugly and uh, and all that different kind of stuff. So, Justin, what kind of I don't I don't know if you got one or not. And I know I'm putting yep. you on the spot because I, it, some of these other guys I forewarned. I was like, hey, give me a terrible story or whatever it might be. But like, what do you got? Is, is there anything off the top of your head that kind of rings? As like a as like a top notch story as far as like uh, definitive in my yeah. my hunting and fishing career. So, I grew up hunting and fishing with my dad, Mike. You had him on here a little while ago. So we would go up north, Midland area, to kind of a friend of the family. We always hunted on the same property. I always hunted on my same corner of land for years. My dad says, "Hey, I got this new blind. I want you to use. It's a portable blind." You're not going to be stuck sitting in this old rickety wood shack. You can just sit in it, and it's it's like sitting in a lawn chair, and this blind folds up over top of you, and it's, I don't know, it's almost like a portable shitter, right? <laughs> You're just in there sitting in a lawn chair. Like, right. Okay, I'll try it. This is great. Like, sitting here, sitting in the woods, nothing going on, bored out of my mind, and I look up, here comes this eight-point. Really nice deer. Probably one of the bigger bucks I've ever seen. Hurry up, grab the rifle. I shift in the chair a little bit so I can get the gun up. It's walking across. I get it in the sight. Bang! I fall over in the blind. I lean too far (laughs) forward on the lawn chair, and it, like, folds up underneath me, and the whole blind collapses down on top of me. (laughs) And I hurry up, and I stand up, and I'm freaking out, and there's this buck just staring at me, probably going, this guy is, like, seven ways of stupid. There ain't no way this asshole shoot me. (laughs) So I'm sitting there, and I just unloaded on the thing. I just take a couple pop shots, hoping I'm going to hit it. Nah. My dad calls me up. (laughs) Did you get it? Did you get it? No, you're fucking blind. Just ate my best deer I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Your blind just ate my ass. So I had a similar. I had a similar blind, and it was like a, like you spread it out, and it was like a bent. Like it was two like it was almost like two fold up chairs yeah. next to each other, and then you folded the back over the front, yeah. and it was just like, and then all of a sudden it was blind. But I swear to God, if you shifted, like if you if I so as much like. Took, like farted in this fucking blind, it would shake the whole blind. That's how like, you, like you couldn't move one thing in this yeah. whole blind. It would shake the whole thing, and I was like, "This thing is goddamn terrible." I got and, rid of it and quickly. Hunted with it for a full season, but I yeah. was like, "This is absolutely terrible." Yeah, it was a little single chair, and I'm I'm not a tiny man. <laughs> my wife feeds me well, so does my mom. <laughs> You're a good size boy. And, Yep. Just your your dad's chairs that he uses and his hunting lines you, are really small in the first place. You you fit in you fit in with a podcast. Uh, he, he, yeah. he 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 is not a man who will pay yeah. for comfort. No, he doesn't. So I got a story. So when I uh, got out of the military, turn your mic. When I got out of the military, you know, we stayed with your dad for a while before we bought our house, and it was just I think it was the same year he bought his four fifty. Yeah. 
All right, I've never shot 450 in my life. Now it ain't like a shotgun or like a M4 or whatever. You shoot one, you shoot them all, right? Yep. So he gives me this warning and goes, "All right, well, the only thing you really need to know is make sure the muzzle is out of the blind." I'm like, well, "Why is that?" He goes, "Cause it will fucking shred it." So he tells me that. So anyhow, I'm out there and. You know where those pine trees are on a neighbor's property? Yeah. Your dad always sits there and way up in the pine tree. It has to be like 130 yards or something like that. Anyhow, I'm sitting there hunting and a bunch of does come out right at dusk. So I shoot one. I didn't know if I hit it, but anyhow, I shoot I shoot this doe and I'm deaf. I can't hear. Worth a crap. So I go in the house and your dad goes, uh, you shoot something? And I'm sitting there yelling, like, yeah, didn't you hear me shoot? He goes, no, you didn't hear anything. I'm like, holy shit. It's like, I am deaf. We go out there shooting, you know, to go look at the deer. It's a perfect neck shot. Like, if you were a sniper, it was a perfect sniping shot, right? Your dad goes, oh, man, that's a great shot. I'm like, yeah, I wasn't aiming it. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 goes, I meant to do that. He goes, you know, he goes no what do you mean? Deal. I was like, I was aiming for the old, you know, pump box. He's like... But I was like, man, that weapon, it shocked the shit out of me when I pulled the trigger. Yeah, See, that 450. The, the, that way, that, the way that you know that Mike likes you is he gives you a warning <laughs> that you're about to get your ass handed to you. Yeah. I well, remember he being did a little... It. He just said, make sure the muzzle is out of the yeah. blind, because if not, the blind will yeah. actually blow apart. So I remember being <laughs> a, a kid. I was probably, I don't know, maybe eight or so. And we would go up to the same property about a week before hunting season just to make sure the guns are sighted in, go clean up blinds, stuff like that. And I remember being a little kid, and my dad's got his shotgun out there. And I'd never shot it before. I've never shot it. I'd never shot a 12-gauge shotgun. So him and uh, Uncle Dougie, as we call him, they're out there, and we're getting all these sighted in. And my dad's like, oh, you want to shoot this? And I'm like, Okay. So he's kind of haphazardly holding it up, and I go on and pull the trigger. Knocked me about six feet back on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and I look up, and there's, there's the old man just laughing his ass. <laughs> so I, you guys used to go pretty far up north, right? We'd go to uh, just Midland. Oh, okay, so not, okay. Yeah, not, not, not terribly far, far up yeah. north, but like, yeah, just I, re- I remember back in the day, like, uh, like I would, I, w- I was a, I'm a UP hunter from way back, and I remember like you guys going up at certain points, everybody going up at certain points and trying to pinpoint where people yeah. are. Yeah, but like, okay, so Midland, yeah, not terribly far up north, but like yeah. still, it was the, the hunting camp. So like hunt, you went to a camp. camp, and we were above the rifle line. Yeah, so I, I was, <laughs> there you, you were able to be able to shoot rifles. You weren't stuck just. You know, but you were shooting a tw- you were shooting a twelve gauge shotgun. Yeah, in the little, rifle line, yeah. which is well, it's it was, but still kind of a rite of but, passage for a boy, right? Oh yeah, is you, you know? know, yeah. Don't don't worry about holding that stiff to your shoulder. Just pull that hey, trigger. Hey, and hey see I what don't happens. care if you can shoot this thirty thirty or not. I want you to shoot this twelve gauge. Yeah. Get over here, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're gonna start with this, and then <laughs> we're start with it. Everything else is shoot a shooter twenty two once your shoulders bruised. That's awesome. I have this old twelve gauge single shot that belonged to my grandfather, and I mean this thing is old. I. I shoot this thing and it pushes me back a little bit. I mean, it is, it hits hard. The accuracy on the thing fucking blows. <laughs> but I got Caden to shoot that thing one time and he pulled the trigger once. 
it almost came out of his hands. He looked at me and he goes, "No fucking way." <laughs> so some he of the shot it since. <laughs> some of the hardest hitting guns I've ever shot in my life are the lightest guns you ever shoot. Yeah. And, and I mean that's that's because the 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 mass of the rifle or the mass of the weapon will absorb a certain amount of recoil. Well, but so my dad had a he had a twelve gauge um, Ithaca Featherlight, right? That. Was, he killed his the biggest buck of his life. It was like took number three in Washtenaw County for that year that he killed. It was a nine point. It was it's that one right there on that in that picture, and um, he killed that that deer and it was the last shot. He fired boom, boom, boom. Is the you know Ithaca Featherlight automatic fired three shots, twelve gauge, and the last shot after that the gun broke. Oh, geez. right, done and. Um, but that gun kicked harder than any goddamn gun I've ever fired in my life because it was so damn light. Like, I sat there, and, like, I remember as a kid shooting that, like, shooting clay pigeons and shit with that gun back in the day, and I was like, my God, this gun yeah, just kicks the shit out of you. I was a 12-year-old kid doing it. You know, I'm sitting there shooting this 12-gauge, just beating the shit out of myself well, with it. Well, even then, this 12 I mean, it's single shot, it's smooth barrel. I mean, it's light, it's small, and it fucking kicks. Yeah, yeah, especially though, like those old single shot rifle or single shot shotguns like that are super yeah. like they're super light. There's no like pad on the you know recoil pad or anything like that. They just beat the shit yeah, out yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah. It hurts. I got when I when I was younger, um, my dad took me out hunting. <clears throat> I was probably um, shit, fifteen, sixteen. I was what? what? You were 15 at one point? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. even believe it. Yeah, yeah. Years ago, a long, long time ago. My dad gave me a 30-30 to go out hunting, and um, we went out there. He said, just sit here, wait for a deer, just, you know, keep your eyes open. So I'm sitting there, right, in the woods and next to a tree, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing something, man, and I said, oh. This is coming, right? I'm getting big deer, and I'm hearing something, and I'm, I'm getting kind of scared, right? Because, you know, I ain't <laughs> shot a deer before, right? So I got the old rifle ready, and I'm hearing it, and all of a sudden, it's up, it's right near me, and I'm looking right up at a fucking squirrel up in the tree. So I was so pissed off, I said, I'm looking around, I said, man... I'm going to shoot it. <laughs> so, yeah, I posted one deer hunt, but I killed me a squirrel. Oh. <laughs> so I, 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 was, I was hunting this year up in the UP, and I'm, I'm the same exact scenario. Like, well, not exact same. Like, my dad didn't put me in a spot. <laughs> I'm sitting in my own spot, and completely quiet. I moved to a new spot because I had, I'd been hunting for a couple of days in the same spot. I saw a couple of deer, and I'm like, all right, got to make a bold change. Moved to this new spot, and I'm sitting there. And at a certain point, I, you know, I, I, it was early morning, like just got light. And in the UP, like there's no better time. There's no better time than like right at daybreak. And it's the, the, the woods is so still. You can hear their heartbeat. I mean, there's no traffic. There's no, like, there's nothing. It's just beautiful. And I'm sitting there and I hear all this, like, this commotion going on around me. And sure enough, there's a goddamn... Like up there, like up in the UP, it's they don't have the big ass gray squirrels and things like that, fox squirrels and things that we have down here. They're like those little red squirrels, they're like this damn big, they look like a chipmunk. 
but those they make more goddamn racket than oh, anything God. on earth. Oh. And they these things, crazy. this thing was going ape shit in the tree behind me. And I took a video of it. I'll, I'll show you the video after this. But I was like, I took a video of the damn thing. I'm like, yeah, I, because I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm watching my my hunting lane, and I'm like, all right, you know, big bucks gonna come by here anytime soon. But this this bastard would not leave me alone five feet away from me, and it was just driving me absolutely so, insane. So, I. And, Every hunter, I think every hunter can like relate to that. Yeah. Like, like, like fucking squirrels yeah. like drive yeah. you nuts. Dude, they drive is, you insane. Mine is chickmunks, man. Uh, right next to my blind, there's this pine tree, and I got a couple of chickmunks that you know live in that tree. Well, your story, the <laughs> I had a cat come out and jumped up into the tree, chasing after the chickmunks, making all types of racket. So I, sh- you know, had one. You know, I have a. I have a jacked up bolt that I have for my crossbow, so when I'm, you know, done in the evening, I'll just, you know, pull out the window, shoot to the ground, you know, and whatnot, so I don't have to go through all the struggle of pulling back and whatnot. So I shot that thing into the tree right next to the cat to get that cat to move the fuck on. <laughs> my, da- my dad did this one year up in the UP. He was he was hunting this particular piece of property, and, like, deer had been coming in and out and stuff like that, and he didn't see anything that he could shoot, and then... And that very last day, he was like, he had the squirrel that was like a little red squirrel crawl up the tree right in front of him, and it was just hanging out right in front of him. And he was like, and my my dad, when he goes up, you know, to the UP, he he loads for bear. You know what I'm saying? Like he's got his six point five by fifty five. You know, his Swedish Mauser rifle and all that shit, but he also has a three fifty seven sitting on his side. And this damn squirrel ran up the tree, and he was—he's sitting there looking at this thing. And he was like, "You know what?" And apparently, it had been fucking with him like it does for everybody. And he pulled out that three fifty seven, shot that goddamn red squirrel. <laughs> at a certain point, I think we came to pick him up or something like that, and like, and he showed me the squirrel he shot. <laughs> squirrel was just just decimated, like right in front of the tree stand. I was like, <laughs> for real, like, well, you gotta. Come on, man. What are we doing here? But anyway. Okay. All right. Uh, any last kind of comments from anything, Jason? Or uh, Justin, sorry. No. No? Any more stories? You got any more terrible stories you want to share? I know you got I know you got some. I've got... I mean, I've hung with my dad my whole life. There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, and that's why I said I need to have Mike on here again. I want to have Mike here on, on here again because you I know, feel like there's more. I think they feel like there's more I to do, the story. I do have one question. How much money would you say you spend on equipment just to wear and block your scent during hunt season? Oh, my God. I, I think at some point we covered this and, like, probably well, maybe maybe bow hunting prep or whatever the, one of these preps. We talked about scent control. Scent control. Dude, like I, we talk about it. I shoot one to two does every year easily. So You know what I hunt in? I see, why, pants, I see what you're hunting in. You're pants, hunting in like literally what you're wearing right now. Sweatpants, sweatshirt, button, or button, jeans, button up snazzy or, shirt or over there. a t-shirt or, or a jacket. That's it. No scent blockers, nothing. How much I, money do I spend in it? I, I normally spend maybe about 20 bucks a year and I'll buy like the, uh, I buy like the scent killer, like spray shit. 
and I normally just screw the top on it, like the old top from one of my old Saint Killer bottles, mm-hmm. and then I can spray my shit down. Like I, I do, I do my due diligence, meaning like I'll spray my shit down, but I don't, or I'll spray my boots down before I go into the woods. But I don't really. I, I very much feel like if you can play the wind, you can play deer. But deer, one hundred percent, like their their main like sense is their nose. So if you can play their nose, you know, like you're good. Like if your wind, if the wind is ever at your back, you're fucked. Don't care who you are. Don't care what you do. Don't care if you're Jim Shockey or or, or any of the Drurys or whoever you are. If the wind is at your back, you're fucked. Like deer will wind you, so, especially yeah. big bucks. And the more, and the more, the older the deer, the more experienced they are, and the more they're going to be able to like pick you out. So, like, if as long as your wind is at your face, that can be a trophy buck in front of you. He'll never know it. He'll never know that you're a novice hunter or that you're, a, a, you know, an established hunter because they can't smell you. I, they have no idea. I you're think there. it's all about environment. If if you're hunting out in the open. Then you know those things apply, but if you're in a pop-up line or a stationary line up in the air, because I mean, I I don't spend any money on. I mean, I've literally got off of work, go shower, wash my hair, small, you know, right the fragrance, and we walk we do, off there and hunt, and next thing you know, I'm <laughs> gutting a deer. You know, we we've talked about that in like some of our preseason stuff. Is that like. When you're establishing stands and you're establishing blind sites and things like that, like you want to make sure that like what, what's what's the predominant wind? So if the predominant wind is coming out of the north and the west, which it normally is anywhere in the northern hemisphere or in the state of Michigan, it's going to come. The wind's going to come out of the north or out of the west. So you're going to want to establish your blind on the south or on the east side of whatever it is that you're hunting. So. Like if you're if you're putting your blind anywhere opposite of that, you're kind of rolling the dice. Like even if you're inside of a box blind, they can still they'll still they're gonna pick something up. I look at it this deer, way. There's they're super particular on that. Like and it's almost like a bloodhound type scent look when at, it comes to it. So like, they're at, really good at it. Look at pictures and stuff of especially hunting in Michigan in like the the 40s and the 50s and even the 60s. There was no fucking camo. No, it was just. You don't bright, necessarily bright orange jackets, no type of scent blocks. They just went out there, and they're still bagging more fucking deer than we do now. Yeah, I mean, right. the UP back in the day, especially when I was a kid, let alone when you were a fucking kid, that was the place to go. You know, I, I, heard, I, mean, I heard the place to go now to hunt is Jackson. Dude, yeah. Let me tell you something, yeah, man. Jackson, they, Jackson County, down, County, Lenawal Well, County, down in this County. down in this area, like where I'm at, Weberville, Fowlerville area, I mean they're fucking everywhere. Yeah. I mean yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. you can't throw a fucking stone or drive down the road without seeing the fucking yeah. deer. Jackson is you know? is definitely big. I yeah. got a, a few friends that live down there. You know, Ted Nugent I just got some property over there. My buddy has sure. um three hundred. Oh, he don't have property, he has a whole fucking county. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Usually knows half the county. Yeah. yeah, but Sean's right. I mean, what you were talking about yeah. with wearing orange. I mean, some of the some of the best deer I've got is when I was a kid, and I'm mm-hmm. sitting in the woods looking like a big orange fucking traffic cone. Yep, I'm just yeah. sitting there, and here it comes. But like I said, it's I'm looking like a traffic cone, but I got the wind in my favor. One hundred percent. And that deer has no idea sure. I'm there. You know, it's like the if old, they. If they if they can win you, like don't like one hundred percent does will win you. Like yep. like the the number one predator to a 
predator, right? Like meaning the the one hundred percent thing that I'm looking for in the woods is that mature doe, and where is she coming in at? Right. So if I'm sitting in the woods, I'm I'm overlooking like uh, you know the particular piece of property that I hunt. I'm looking at probably five to seven acres of hardwoods, right? And I'm I'm sitting in the middle of this hardwoods. And as I'm sitting in this hardwoods, I got a north wind, you know, meaning it's coming right at my face. If I got a if I got a doe coming left to right, meaning she's coming out of my left and she's moving from my left to my right, I know that she's in front of me. She's not going to win me. I have nothing to worry about. All I got to do is be really still. All I got to do is really just do all the mechanics of killing a deer and I can kill that that mature doe or I can let her move through and I can try to get a mature buck on her or whatever it might be. But the moment like I've got that wind that comes out of the east, all of a sudden I've got a wind that's coming from my right to my left and then she comes in on my left, I am fucked. As soon as she comes in, she's going to notice me. She's going to be looking right at me. She's going to be stomping. She's going to be doing all the things to piss me off. And that either I have a chance, I either need to kill her or I need to, or, or she needs to go away because she's going to give me away 100% of the time. So it's like wind is, it, it's everything. Like I don't care how much sun control you do or what you wear. Like you could literally go up there and wear, you literally go up there and wear like, I don't know, like a, a, a Bruce Lee gee or something like that from one of his movies, like, and you'd be perfectly fine. I don't think they're looking up in the air at you. I think what they're looking, what they're trying to rely on, one foremost, or first and foremost, is their scent, their sense of smell. And if they can smell you, you are busted, bro. Like they so, will, yeah, they will they'll send you, they'll they'll gonna, stomp you, yeah, they'll do all yeah, the things they gotta do, and they it's, will. It's bolt, weird, man. It's like, screwed. They will let every know every deer within a square mile know that you are it's, there. It's like my setup, you know. I walk out the house, I walk out the side door, and walk onto my property and go hunting. Four open acres. I literally looked out, had half my body hanging out the fucking window, taking pictures or videos of fucking does, and they don't fucking care, you know. I don't know, you know, just my area, maybe it's just luck of the draw, man. But, I mean, half the time I'm sitting there watching, Ashley will call me. I'll talk on the cell phone, and they're literally fucking 20 feet from me. Well, in everywhere you go, they're going to be a little bit different. In some places, they're going to be a little bit more, like, acclimated to humans. Like, are they yeah. they just hear more human discussion. They hear more humans at, at certain points. Well, that so they're, too they're is a lot act, of farmland. They're going to act a little I mean, bit differently. But... Like I said, their sense of smell will kick them into overdrive oh, yeah, every fucking time. Yep. So, like, as long as you've, as long as you're, you're blind, as north facing, west facing, whatever your predominant wind is, mm-hmm. the moment you have well, an off wind, don't even fucking well, hunt it, man. Not even with your time. Where mine comes out of, I mean, the wind is, you know, blowing this way on me. Uh, coming, I mean, the wind's always coming out of the east from where my house is and where my blind is. So, it's coming from you know right to left, always on me. But so so I, I, I say that, but I shot that deer downwind. So that that eleven pointer on the wall, I shot that I shot that fucker. What are we doing? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, grandma and grandpa are leaving. All right. And they're going to take a group picture. Okay. All right. All right. So right we got we got group pictures and shit going on. We're going right, to bring back to the, we're going to come back to this yeah. conversation. We got uh, some other stuff we got to do. Hey. Right. Thank you guys for coming on. Yep, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll have you on again for sure. Right on, right on. Um, after this, we'll be back. Right on, right on.
And we are back. Okay. All right. So I've got a, I've got a couple other assholes with me. And, That's me. And me. And again. And me. And again, so like we've been kind of going round table and trying to pick up people here and there. They got a, a terrible story or two. So like I'm just picking up some randos. Right now I've got sitting in front of me who I got. John. John. Adam. Adam. Izzy. And Izzy, my daughter. My beauty, my pride and joy. <laughs> All right, so um, we're gonna we're gonna kind of generate this conversation. It doesn't have to be general. It, it, like, it, it, and again, everything about that terrible endorsement is it can be it can be. I want it to be outdoor related because nobody cares about the the time that the copy machine like fucked you up and whatever. <laughs> it was. Nobody cares about that, but I I do care about your outdoors uh, story. So like, if you were in the outdoors. And some terrible shit happened. You go ahead and like share that with a group because that's like a uh, it's, it's a funny thing. And everybody has a story. Everybody has a fucking story. That's and there's true. 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 So John, yes, I'm hitting on you first, man. Okay, I can't talk, brother, man. What no, you got? I, I, hold on. Okay, so polar bears and shit. No way. No. Uh, so I I'm an undergraduate research. Yes. I, I go to college and we do research and we do research about crayfish specifically. Okay, so crayfish, they have this nervous system that you can do research on. And I run into a lot of very interesting people in this lab. And I've worked with two master's students specifically, but the first one I worked with, um, he was an older undergraduate student and he traveled in the military a lot. He was all over the world. And you know that, what's that one beer? Like Dos Equis, you know that mo the most interesting man alive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, that is him. That is him. He's, um, he's the and, most interesting man. Yeah, he is the most interesting man on the planet because whenever we were in the lab, he always had a story about everything. So he told me a lot of stories, but the one that really stuck with me was the time he was in Alaska. And maybe he's making all this up. Maybe he is. <laughs> I, but I, I, I believed I it, and it was amazing. Good. Okay, so he was an Alaskan fisherman for a period of time like crabs and things like that. But in the off season, what they would do is that they would take in like these rich, you know, sightseers and they would get on the boat and then they would go to shore and they would look at like bears or whatever else they could find, right? So they had this rich family from Texas fly in, they got on the boat, they took them to the middle of buttfuck and they went out, right? But it was different because instead of uh, the master student and the lead, the lead was sick, so it was just the master's student for, for the first time. He had no idea really what he was doing, but he knew, okay, I'll get on this little boat. I'll go out there, and we'll walk, and we'll see if we can find some bears, you know. And he takes this, like, forty-four Magnum, like, big old revolver just in case or whatever. So they go out, and uh, they're spotting some bears. You know, the bears are fishing. The Texans are eating it up. Um, but... I, and they're probably, what, like 200 yards from the bears? You don't want to get too close, right? But they see one bear uh, come out of the wilderness, and it gets a little bit closer than the other bears, and then it kind of walks off for a while, and then it, you know, comes back. And uh, it was acting very strangely, and they looked at it. It's like this young bear, you know, an adolescent or something like that. But it runs back into the woods, right, across the, uh, across the river. And then, like, 10 minutes later, it comes screaming out of the forest like full <laughs> fucking speed galloping with its 10 inch claws into the ground kicking up dirt and it's just heading fucking straight at him and he uh the master student sitting there like oh, oh shit like 
Uh, <laughs> it's looking right at us, and it's running really fast, but, like, this doesn't happen typically. Um, so, and, and the Texans start to notice. They're, like, looking at the bear. They're like, oh, shit. Like, what? That, this, is look, this is acting different than the other bears. The other bears are just fishing. This one's running right at us. And you know how fast bears run. So, and they're only 200 <laughs> yards out. They're coming closer. It's like, 50, you know, 150 yards and then 100 yards. You're like, oh, shit. Wait, it's coming really close. So uh, the master student's like, okay, we'll get in a formation. We'll act really big. They start screaming. They're yelling. And then it's like 50 yards from them. And they're like, oh, shit. So Ian pulls out this handgun. He's I don't like, give a shit about you. Yeah, he's like, he pulls out this handgun. <laughs> he's like, Ignis. Gets in the stands, you know, and this is audio, so you can't see it, but two feet out, handgun right there, he's aiming at the head, he's like, bruh, and then it's 30 yards, and 20 yards, and he pulls, he's like, if this motherfucker takes one more step, <laughs> okay, it's brain matter is gonna be on the floor, and then, and the Texans are sitting there like, ah, they're fucking screaming, they're like, ah, you know, we're he's gonna die, right? He's just ready for it. Yeah, but then it's like, it's like 10 yards out, and it, and it literally jumps, it jumps, and then it hits all fours on the side, and it completely fucking sprays them in dirt, no and then it way. runs off in the other direction, right across. And Ian's sitting there, he's still fucking looking like, oh, oh. But apparently, so it was some young adolescent bear, and they suspect that, like, she knew that the other lead, the, the guy who normally goes on the trip wasn't there, so he was testing the master student, like, okay, let's see if you got some balls. I'm gonna run at you and like try and like huh. like scare you off my my land, essentially. Huh. So yeah, Dang. yeah, most interesting man alive. He had a ton of stories like that. He was like stationed in Hawaii, and I just broke the mic stand. But no, it was it was really interesting. So Thank yeah, you. Thank you. That's a good story. It's, Thank you. That was an that. incredible story. I Thank mean, you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna say for like your like, hey, hey sit down right here and tell me if. I Sure. That, was a, that, that was a good. That was good as a guest. So yeah, yeah. Who follows? Yeah, who yeah. follows John with that one? I think I want to pass. Even though, even though John's story wasn't a first person no, story. No, no. It's kind of a third person story, yes. but like it was still good. That thank was still you, good. thank you, thank you. I like that. I like that. So all right. Again, we're here Christmas Eve and just trying to uh, just picking apart the crowd. And I want I want to figure out who's got a story to tell. So Adam. I'm like a newborn. I had nothing. Okay, <laughs> Come you, on. You got I went, I went to Winya with the Collins family. He did go to Winya. It was something. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they dragged me out to the boat. They're telling me, oh, every single person that goes for the first time has to stand on a trunk in the middle of the, 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 stump, middle of the, the lake. We call it a stump. <laughs> what did I say? A trunk? <laughs> no, same thing. Right. Trunk. Nobody but calls I understand it a trunk. On it. So I wasn't aware that. Each time that they do this, they just leave you there. Like, I didn't know that was part of the tradition. So they take me out there. I see this big stump. I'm like, take me in that direction. I'm fishing off this stump. And, you know, there's there's just trunks everywhere. Stumps. Sorry. Stumps everywhere. Trunks. So we're like, trunks. The, the boat's getting hit all the like, Actually, we did a pretty good job. We only got hit about four times, right? Yeah. By stumps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, not bad. It, wasn't, it wasn't too bad. But they, they put me out there. I was fishing for a while. Got literally nothing. The first two days, I got nothing. So, I mean, that's just how it's the way of the road. It's how she goes. But I was fishing out there. They left me. I was totally fine with it. <laughs> just sat out there for a while, fished a little bit. and you know, it, was, it was relaxing. It was a so second I'll, myself. 
I'll I'll give it to Adam. He was a, he was a trooper on this trip. He had no idea what he was getting into. We talk it up a lot. Like you guys have heard, like the listeners, you you guys have heard about Winya over and over oh, and yeah. over again about how great this fishery is and how amazing it can be. And we I I had said the same stories to you at some point. And then I invited you. I said, "You want to go? Come on!" So he he shows up, and he's a trooper the whole time. Like he's helping out with the boat. He's doing everything that he needs to do. Everything I expect as the captain of the boat. <laughs> everything I, I everything I'm expecting as a captain. Like I I want him to make sure that like he's he's engaged in the fishing part of this. Any, anyway, so he is, and he's not catching shit. No. Didn't catch fucking thing not, for like no, two days I'm straight. I'm disappointed, but I'm in there. I was like, so excited for this trip. I, I think at, at some point, like, I was catching four or five fish uh, an outing. I think maybe Isabel caught one, Those Gabby caught one here or there. But Adam was, like, skunked. Zero <laughs> fish. Caught a not, not a damn thing. And I'm like... Oh man, I gotta get I gotta get this boy on some fish, man. Because there's no, like I can't invite a dude up to a fishing camp and then he doesn't catch a damn thing. So like that last day, I think it was it might have you might have caught one or, or or whatever it might have been, but like that last day he fucking cleaned up. And it, uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little disclaimer that I definitely gave him the lure. He did. He did give me his. So I, I gave him. I gave him the magic lure. I it gave him. I kills. gave him. I gave him. I gave him a one ounce daredevil spoon, which was this magical color that I had that I had been catching a shit ton of pike on that year or that at that point, and I gave it to him and I said, "Here, tie this on, see how it goes." <laughs> and he cleaned up. I think he caught like eight or nine oh, fish oh that nine day. God. That last day, like he was just like, like in a row. No one else caught anything, and I caught seven. And we're, we're just, <laughs> we're, just trolling, we're trolling them. in on the last like twenty five minutes of the trip. Like we're staying out as long as we can before we go home. Like we're all packed, all on the boat, just fishing until we gotta leave. And we're going around this little loop, and I'm, I just caught three fish in a row. I think it was three or two. I caught yeah. right in that little uh, gulf. Yeah, the the, the the cove we were fishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah and so like, I, and I mean, he did good. He did a good job. I had him up fishing up in front of the boat with me, and like, and kind of showing him some of the ropes and stuff like that. But he did a great job. So I was just super proud of him. I got so. some, some consistency down. Do you have a terrible story about that? About I mean, that? Honestly, nothing was terrible. I mean, the food it, was, it was great, actually honestly a, a good trip. Good like, I mean, we had good weather. I mean, there was nothing really to complain I, about. I, I don't know. I wouldn't say we had good weather because I mean, like terrible. we it rained a lot. It was kind of like misty the whole fucking time. Gabby was sick as hell the whole time. Yeah, yeah Gabby true. was sick. So it was like it was a, it was kind of a nightmare. But like as far as the fishing went, like I don't think we could have <laughs> done better on the fishing, Isabel. It's been a minute since you've been on. <laughs> and I'm a- honestly probably going to tell the same story. I don't remember. <laughs> what story? What story did you tell the first time? Uh, or, what, or, or what story are you going to tell? Okay, so the only, the only thing I can think of is um, it was like one of the first years I came up to Winya. It was just me and Dad. It was before Gabby started coming. Yeah. And like... It was my first time out in the middle of the lake where I had to pee. And, I mean... We probably told this, but you can tell it again. You can tell it again. It's probably been 100 episodes since then. Yeah. But um, I had to pee, and I'm not a dude, so I, I had to hang my butt over the side, but I couldn't. So Dad had to, like, put his arms 
like this oh, way and look away, <laughs> and I had to hang on to his arms and hang my ass <laughs> over the side of the boat. And then another time, I didn't want to do that, so I just peed in the live well. It was just really fucking gross. There are so but. many stories about peeing in the live well. Like that's the thing on my boat is that like I I obviously have two daughters and a wife, so it's like when we go fishing. If somebody's got to pee, like for me, it's real easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's real easy. I figure out which way the wind's blowing. Uh, yeah. oh, boy, I'm going to pee that way into the wind, and I just kind of let it hang and go. You know, it, it's super easy. But for the girls, like they get, they got, there's a lot more like thought process that goes into that. They got to oh, yeah. like, okay, can it, can I pee right here? Are there houses next to here? Uh, Are there other, other boaters? That's general. That's everywhere. So they, so they like, Half the time, they wind up just, like, popping up the live well and then hanging their ass in the live well and pissing my live well. And then, but the, the problem with that was one year. So one year, I just, I I went on a fishing trip, and I think I think it was your mom, like, peed in the, or her, your mom and Denise, your aunt Denise, peed in the live well, and, like, multiple times, like, we left them on the boat. Me and me and Uncle Ryan like left them on the boat, and we I jumped into Ryan's boat, and we went out fishing, and we left them in the boat to get hammered drunk. Like they just sat <laughs> in my boat and got like completely annihilated, drinking white cloths, getting white girl wasted, <laughs> and white girl wasted, and whatever else it was that they were doing. And but at the end of the night, I came back and we picked them up, and you know the rest of the night was the rest of the night. Actually, Nikki's got some stories as far as that is concerned. She's got her own. She got got so drunk. She got so drunk that, like, I yelled at her because she wouldn't help me, like, unload the book. Anyway, (laughs) I'm going to go beyond that. But either way, like, like, um, like a month or two go by, and I forgot that there was pee in the live well. Oh, no. And then at some point, I had to, I had to, like, I had to clean my boat, and I opened up the live well, and it was it it would there was a science experiment going on in my live well. (laughs) (laughs) It was an absolute it was an absolute disaster going on in my live well, and I was like, God damn it! So yeah, yeah, that's the thing when you're a girl, you got to figure out how to do that. But anyway, so yeah, all right. So or so both you guys had some good story. What? I have a story. You have a story. Jump on. Get in there. Get in here. Here, here, here. You have a story that you haven't already told? Yeah, I don't think so. All right, so this is Gabby. This is my other daughter. (laughs) We got Rylan on as well. (laughs) Rylan? Welcome. Hi. So so what's up? What do you got? What do you got for this? Okay, so... My story is also in Winya, and I remember every year, like, whenever we come up for the first time, you always take us to the dam so we can, like, learn how to drive the boat. And I remember we went there, and it was my first time ever trying to drive the boat. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm just starting to get the hang of it. Dad teaches me how to do it, and I get in there, and I floor it I floor it and the boat goes straight like is that vertical or horizontal (laughs) straight vertical yeah (laughs) yeah but almost tips us backwards 
And I remember Dad yelled at me. It was it was terrifying. <laughs> it wasn't terrifying. Yes, like, it was. Yeah, well, so maybe terrifying for you, but like, what? like at a certain point, like, yeah, you slammed on the throttle, and it was like, oh shit, like, I I put you on it, and I was like, all right, go ahead. You know, go ahead and give us some throttle. And when she gave us some throttle, she straight up slammed it to the floor. <laughs> and when terrifying. she did, it was like the 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 end all, the be all end all. And it was like straight to the floor. And like my my boat doesn't have the biggest motor on it, but it'll go. It'll go when you say go. And it went. Like and it went. And it went. And it sent the front end of the boat up really fast. And like, yeah, it's kind of kind of scary. I remember that. I do. I do remember yeah. that. Yeah. And then I got really upset and like I like cried. Scared. <laughs> you didn't cry. Yes, wife. I was so upset. Because no. I thought I almost killed you guys. <laughs> but you didn't. But so I didn't. So that. we're good. There's that. So we got Ryland. Yes. Okay. <laughs> What's happening, girlfriend? I remember. Okay. All I right. Went... So you're gonna tell us? Are you gonna tell me a terrible story? Yes. It okay. Was, it was I don't the know whole how purpose I felt. of terrible outdoors is to tell me a terrible story. So my aunt took me fishing one time, and we went fishing underneath of a bridge. I don't really remember where, but it was underneath of a bridge, and there were pigeons all like, you know how. Under bridges, there's, like, places where you can sit, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there were bird nests and then pigeons in there. And I was fishing. I casted my line. I was waiting. And then this big pigeon flew onto me and landed right on my, like... Flew onto (laughs) your actual body. Yes, and landed right on my shoulder and just sat there. Wasn't trying to (laughs) attack me or anything. Just was there. And I didn't know what to do. So I like tried to get my aunt's attention without moving too fast so it wouldn't end up attacking me. And then she had to like pick it up off my shirt and then throw it. <laughs> and then after that, it just it was in the water. Oh my God. <laughs> it just didn't fly so back up. The, the, the bird just landed in the water yeah. and then it's just sitting there in the water. <laughs> what the fuck? I thought you were going to catch it on the okay. line. I wouldn't even touch it. Okay. I would, I would just slap it off me under the ground. I'm telling you, like, that's the thing. That's the thing. Everybody has a story. Like, no matter, like, like whether you've been fishing off a pier, which everybody has, right? Everybody's, <laughs> oh, yeah. like, fished off the shore at some point in their life or whatever it might be. And you may have, like, tried to cast out and you hooked yourself or you've, you know, whatever it might be. Like, there's always some kind of story when it comes to the outdoors. Yeah. Like, we all jack up the outdoors so bad. It's crazy. And even the even what we consider maybe the best of us, right? Like, so, like, my brother and myself or, or like, Ryan and I who go up, who go up on, on these hunting and fishing who go on these hunting and fishing trips and stuff like that every year and been doing this our whole lives, right? We still mess it up yeah. all the time, yeah. right? So your story of a, of a pigeon landing on your shoulder, not totally unheard of and definitely not something that like would totally surprise me. Yeah. At this point in my life, would not surprise me at yeah. all. 
Like would be something that like, I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> goddamn bird way and all that fucking children. I was like, Jesus Christ, man, what the fuck, you know, or whatever it might be. But like, yeah, but yeah, that's a thing. That's a definitely a thing. I got another story. What do you got? So you know Trout Lake, right? By that, uh, where is it? Sounds, yeah, sounds familiar. You know Trout Lake. Yeah, like the one that has yeah. like beaches all around it. Oh, I know so, where this is going. Me and my uh, my two buddies, one of them's Wyatt, one of them's Noah. Shut and up. We didn't have we didn't have like a kayak or anything, and this is like a no sport lake, so you can't do anything on it. So we got we saw this one dude one day we were there, and he's in there on a tube. He's just out there fishing. I'm like, oh shit, that's a good idea. You know, I'm gonna bring three of my tubes. Three of my buddies, we're going to tie a rope all together in a triangle, all face the outlet, casting, and we caught a couple fish, actually. We went all the way around the lake for like three hours, and then uh, we got like three-fourths way around the lake, and I hit my buddy's tube with my uh, lure, popped it, and it's deflated, and he's trying to swim back to shore. I mean, it wasn't difficult. I mean, that lake's so nice to swim in, so, but it was just a fuck situation. Always something. Oh, It's always something. I mean, that, it's just that, a random thing every that outdoorsman, to do. every outdoorsman has a story about popping his buddy's fucking hair <laughs> tube or whatever. That's just how she goes. Yeah, that's awesome. Gabby, got anything else? No, no, I'm thinking. <laughs> You're thinking. I got something. Else. What, what else you got? What else you got, Rylan? So I was at my friend Alex's house, and shout out to Alex. Shout <laughs> out Alex. Alex, a dude? No, no. no. Oh, okay, no. all right, no. okay. I want to make sure. I want to make sure. <laughs> I'm your uncle. I get to I get to watch out for this kind of thing. And she lives in this neighborhood where it's like connected to like five different neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And if you take this certain path, it like takes you to like this wood, like woods. And we were just we hadn't been on that path yet, so we said let's go adventure. And we were just walking with no map, not sure where we were at this point, but we were deep in the woods, and there was like no path at that point so we were just walking in the woods and it was like it wasn't tall grass grass but it was like medium sized grass so it went up to like okay right below your knees right below your knees. and we went to step in it and it was water okay and we fell in got out and then we were just sitting there cuz we were wet and we didn't know what we were supposed to tell her parents just we were Walking in woods where we weren't supposed to be and <laughs> fell into water. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> and we were sitting there and there were fish in the water. And I told her, I bet you I can just grab a fish. So I sat there for 10 minutes just trying to get fish. And then at some point, I grabbed a fish and just brought it out of water with my hands. Really? <laughs> yeah. You caught a fish by hand. <laughs> yeah. How big was it? I'm caught. So I'm calling bullshit. Big. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So it's the kind of story that it's an outlandish story that you can't make up, mm-hmm. right? These kind of things happen all the time, right? We've all have those stories too. They're like, bro, I'm gonna tell you this story, but you're not gonna fucking believe it no. at the end of the day. Why would you? Right, but but it, and, but it and that's one of those things. Like that's one of those things. Like you caught a fish by hand. I caught a fish. I I caught a fish like with a bucket, a five <laughs> gallon bucket of water. I was like, you know what? I want to catch a fish right now. 
And I just felt like like I was I was over at Jason Kelly's house over like off of Portage Lake. Like and we were just sitting there, like everybody's just hanging out on the beach, chilling, relaxing, sounding things like that. And I was like, I'm that fucking guy wow. who's like trying to catch a fish with a five gallon in the shallows. So that was me. And it, so I'm sitting there in the shallows. I caught a I caught a goddamn fish with that bucket. <laughs> I tell you what. But anyway, so again. Thank you guys. I appreciate you guys coming on for uh, to tell us your terrible stories. <laughs> it, they might not be so terrible. That was actually a cool story. Yeah. Like it's not a terrible story, but it was like a story that like like it was I don't know what you're doing in a swamp in the middle of the night, but you in the swamp in the middle of the night you, you caught a fish. Something. Yeah. You accomplished you were, something hey, in that swamp. And that's kind of half that's the battle, the right? That is the moral. <laughs> right. Half the time we find ourselves we're like, "Hey, um I'm doing nothing right now. I'm accomplishing nothing in life. I want to accomplish something, so I'm going to try to catch a fish. That's all it takes. I used to do that as a kid, yeah. actually. I was like, I don't know, really young kid, maybe 10 years old or something like that. The the parents would be like hanging out in the cabins, like up at Winya or something like that, just getting hammered, drunk, doing their thing. The kind of thing I do now, you know, right? Like, would you? Oh yeah. So I would go down on the dock, and I'd be like, oh, "What can I do?" I, I see like crayfish. I'm there, like, I'm gonna fucking catch this crayfish. And I'd get a five gallon bucket and try to figure out how to catch that crayfish, and he'd evade me ninety five times yeah. out of a hundred or whatever. But eventually, but that's what it's all about. It's all like everybody's got a story when it yeah. comes to the outdoors because the outdoors that it's so awesome. It's unavoidable. You're go do it. Stop sitting on your ass playing video games all day. And then there's so many things to do. There's so many things to see and so many different ways to experience life, fishing, hunting, and all the different things that we have out there. Just because, I mean, whether or not it, it, it actually matters at all to anything or to anybody, right? Going out in there and doing that one little thing, right? That that trip that you did to win you. Yeah. Right? You could have been playing video games, or you could have been fucking off, or you could have been doing anything else with your buddies, right? But you were hanging out with me on the front of a boat. And it was a great Figuring time. out how to catch a goddamn bass or a pike or whatever right, it was. And I wouldn't take it back for anything. Yeah. No! And round two this year. And, 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 and that's half. So many. That, that's half the battle. That's hey, half, the, half the battle. Hit you. Half the battle is trying to figure out how to go out there. And, and create a memory, right? Oh, I'm so Have excited. Have some fun. Oh, shit. He's really taking fun. off. I'm getting All right, my own boys and girls, we'll be back. If we're not back, then Later, uh, keep your legs crossed. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>